0: Guy. looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fox Racing Canada, Phoenix Handlebars, Guts Racing, 204 Skate Shop, and Throttle Syndicate make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. welcome to the big mx radio podcast brought to you by fox racing canada phoenix handlebars and guts racing go to gutsracing.com right now order yourself an amazing seat or a cut co- or just a cover stuff's amazing they make a great product and andy greg over at guts racing is going to take care of you same things goes for jason gerald over at phoenix handlebars you're not going to get better customer service from a hard parts company than you will with phoenix handlebars you'll be handled with care you'll be really ex- you'll re- really impressed with uh the packaging and the, the the delivery of everything uh everything is eyes are dotted teaser crossed phoenix handlebars and uh you you guys know i absolutely love fox racing canada um those guys do a fantastic job supporting me. JC Sites, and everybody over there. Uh, Danica White. We've got to get her back on the podcast in some short order here. I think she's been pretty busy all this summer with all that Surf and Berms. In fact, I think in only a couple of days' time, they have a special uh, event going on. Uh, if you're in Alberta, you might want to check that out. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, go check that out uh, with Surf and Berms. is a great opportunity for uh, young women or young women or uh, some all... Great opportunity for all women to enjoy the sport of motocross, share their love for motorcycles, and get out and enjoy it. Uh, there isn't enough um, communities and groups like Surf and Berms out there. So uh, hats off to Danica and everyone who makes that thing go. Cash in all the girls over there. Jan Van uh, making things happen and, uh, and making that community something you want to be a part of. Um, Let's jump straight into the analysis and uh, a little bit of news and review of the week that was as far as the podcast goes. uh, Let's start uh, north of the border, some CanCon for you, Canadian content, and uh, it's got to be the Triple Crown Series. Um, And when it comes to the the 450 class... Uh, Let's be honest, it's getting a little bit boring. Uh, It's ones all the way across the board. It's twos all the way across the board. We have two perfect seasons, if you will. Dylan Wright has yet to lose a moto all year long. And Tyler Medaglia is yet to finish outside the top two. He's been second every single national out so far. They've had seven rounds in the books, two to go, four motos remain, and um, Dylan Wright is six points away from uh, mathematically eliminating uh, everybody from this championship. Uh, he's obviously working on a perfect season. Uh, I think he's going to be able to get that. I honestly think that right now Dylan Wright is is just on a different level than the entire uh, the entire class. Obviously, Jess Pettis not in the class right now and uh, missing some top tier American talent as well. But Dylan Wright has is this is, is the, we're looking at a guy who's in the prime of his career right now. He is absolutely on point. He's got uh, arguably the most comprehensive team behind him. Uh, They're extremely well-ran. They're extremely well-funded, extremely well-prepared, and and backed. And hell, they look good doing it uh, head-to-toe in Fox. So... Uh, I think that Dylan Wright is uh, in a perfect position to have that perfect season. Uh, Obviously, it's motocross. Anything can happen. Tip over. Um, But honestly, whether he's able to wrap up a perfect season or not, uh, this is his year He put a huge stamp on his legacy within the sport. And honestly, even if he does lose a moto, I don't think that taints anything. He has absolutely been the most dominant guy. And he's done so uh, with class and uh, um, just done a great job all season long. Um, He's a great guy off the track. He's always quick to respond on text messages. Uh, I think we're going to try and get him on the podcast next week to talk about it after this weekend's race in Deschambault. Um, just great guy. Can't say enough good thing about uh, Dylan Wright. Honestly, can't say enough good things about everybody in Canadian motocross. It's, uh, it's a real family atmosphere when you go to the nationals and, uh, and you'll get exactly that when you run into a guy like Tyler Medaglia, who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is actually older than I am. Uh, I think he was turned pro around the same time that uh, I probably should have, but never did, uh, due to talent reasons but uh, he just keeps going and and honestly huge hats off to Tyler Medaglia uh, having uh, second place every single national out yeah i i i'm i'm betting he'd he'd be We'd love to uh, trade all of those for one win on the year, but regardless, I think it's it's an absolutely one of the most successful seasons that Tyler's ever ran. I think uh, he's, he's he he does want to have that win before the the season's out, but uh, uh, he, he's definitely wanting to stay within the top two at the very least for the last two nationals. And I think he's going to be able to get it. Third place right now in the in the, the triple crown series up here in Canada is Sean Moffenbauer, and I'll be honest. I, I honestly expected a little bit more out of Sean this year. Um, he's a journeyman in the series. He's uh, he's won on a little bike. He's won on the on this 450 as well, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he shows lots of speed, and but it just he hasn't been able to um, consistently run ahead of Tyler Medaglia all year long, and that's why he sits third in points. That's why he hasn't uh, been able to beat Tyler uh, in for an overall all year long. And, and honestly, if if, uh, if I had established a pecking order prior to the season, I would have put uh, Sean ahead of uh, Tyler, but uh, this season has proved me wrong. Um, and hats off to Tyler for doing so. I definitely expected Moffenbeier to be a little bit more of a threat for this championship, but also I said the same thing about Tanner Ward. Um, obviously, this being his first year in the 450 class, brand new team, uh, still probably adjusting to the Kawasaki a little bit, Um like he's, he's had some good motos. He's had some not so great motos, uh, both him and Moffenbeier started off the season with some, uh, uncharacteristically bad, uh, positions obviously uh, a couple of really bad motos in there um, will affect that um, but uh, both those guys will be looking to make steps forward next year especially if we get an injection of some American talent they want to stay within that top five and uh, and shout out to uh, Chris Blackmer who I believe right now sits fifth in points and coming absolutely out of nowhere I believe he's out of Michigan we're going to try and get this kid on the podcast he's an absolute cartoon character when it comes to his style on the bike and revving the absolute piss out of his 450 makes that thing sound like a 250 uh when he's riding it he's got all kinds of style you probably heard that from the previous podcast i really like the way the kid rides the bike so we're going to throw it to a commercial or uh just after uh, right before we go to Ryder McNabb, but let's talk 250s quickly before, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that series in that, so I don't want to be, beleaguer you guys too much talking about that uh, the 250 series in the Triple Crown, but uh, the gist of it is that Ryder McNabb now holds a 20-point lead over Mitchell Harrison, who uh, has, has won some uh, nationals in his own right. Uh, Josiah Natsky comes up and uh, wins a couple of nationals right there in the middle of the series, but really, him showing up so late in the series, it's kind of a point as far as his, him being able to compete for this championship and now with a broken hand that he sustained uh, a couple rounds ago Jacob Piccolo sits 66 points back and most likely will not rejoin the series with the two rounds to go so really you've got a table set for two you've got four motos to go Ryder McNabb Mitchell Harrison May the best man win. Uh, I'm extremely excited for Ryder. I think that uh, he's definitely going to be able to put himself in a good good position if he can get some starts. And we will talk. We talked about it in the podcast or the interview. He's not known for having his good starts. He's actually a little bit uh, maligned for his his starts uh, throughout his pro career. If he can get those figured out, I think it's not going to be a problem whatsoever for Ryder. He'll be able to cruise this thing home. Uh, And but Mitchell Harrison is that imported talent that, uh, that. That comes up to uh, to race up in Canada and often uh, can upset the apple cart. And if it, if there's anyone who can uh, get points in bunches, it's Mitchell. Like uh, he is absolutely has the the talent to uh, to win all four motos going out. Uh, but you know what? So does Ryder. Ryder has every bit as much talent uh, as Mitchell. He's shown it all, all throughout this year. Uh, in fact, uh, Ryder's worst finish so far in the year is a fourth. Mitchell has a fifth and an eighth to his credit. Uh, and honestly, that's that's basically the difference. Those two rounds where there was a, a big discrepancy in their finishes, that's where you produce that 20-point gap between them. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I give uh, the nod to Ryder. Uh, one more note I want to say on the 250s before throwing it to commercial break here is great to see Bryce Wage, another local product. Uh, he lives only uh, about 30, 40 minutes uh, north of where I live. Uh, the kid's an absolute – he's a great kid, Um He's got 16 points on the year. He's probably going uh, to uh, get a few more points before the season is out. Uh, can't say enough good things about him. Great family. Uh, and I, I love to pull for the wages. Uh, and Bryce specifically. Um, like, the kid's got a great head on his shoulders. A bright future. Uh, on and off the bike. Um, like, great with his sponsors. Uh, always very gracious with me. Uh, just uh, around the track. Super respectful. And I have nothing but uh, good things to say about Bryce. Let's throw it to the the interview that I did with Ryder McNabb. The kid is uh, he's 17 years old. Uh, he's still uh, like he's 16 or 17 or 18 years old now. But either way, Jesus Christ, the kid uh, has uh, the the Canadian motocross world in the palm of his hand. The 64 in your program. Uh, check out this interview, guys. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed recording it. I hope you enjoy listening to it. As someone who doesn't just appreciate, but demands great motocross gear, I'm very picky about what gear I wear on and off the track. When I got a chance to try on their new gear, I was all over it. Fitment was a snap. I really couldn't be any happier. I headed off to my local dealer where I find all my other Fox products. I got the Flex Air Realm stuff, so I'm styling. Secondly, it fits like a glove. Room in the arms and shoulders, very important for me. And the pants fit over my knee braces, which is always important. Often I wear Fox racing apparel off the track as well. Sometimes on a patio grabbing a cold one. I always know I'm going to look good when I'm dressed head to toe in Fox racing Canada. When I need a fresh look, I head off to Fox racing Canada to see what products might be available at my local dealer, head on down and make my purchases. And lastly, Fox racing apparel just works. They've got great styles. They've got durable products for on and off the track. You're going to like the way you look when you choose Fox Racing and Fox Racing Canada. Discover your next great look at foxracing.ca. And as promised now via interview, uh, your current points leader in the 250 class here at the Triple Crown Series up here in Canada. He hails from Minnedosa, Manitoba. Hometown boy around here and uh, this very proud Manitoban to have this no- another Manitoban on the podcast from GDR Honda, none other than the 64 of Ryder McNabb. Ryder, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Hey, not doing too bad, man. I got uh, uh, the 64 jersey behind my right shoulder here in the studio, uh, set to do another interview with you, second year, second time on the, the podcast this year. Um you're you're currently the points leader as i mentioned right off the top here um you yeah you like you got the like this last weekend acquired the points lead 20 point lead for you and um yeah a pretty solid season altogether. like uh some speed right off the rip uh maybe a little bit of a donut hole in the middle of your season and then uh rounding into form as we come down the stretch after round 7 here
1: yeah for sure it's uh i had a good first round and then Ended up getting sick for a couple rounds and uh, just kind of getting through my stride now. Just everything kind of coming together. I'm feeling good on the bike and uh, just ready to keep the ball rolling.
0: Absolutely. Like I said, you, you've been uh, sort of like uh, really elevating yourself throughout the, the tail end of this series. You swap out motos with Josiah this last weekend. Um, and, and for all intents and purposes, he's not really in the championship, so to speak, just with the fact that he missed, the, I believe, the first three rounds. Um like, tell me a little bit about like that those middle rounds of the series. You'd mentioned being sick a little bit. Uh, didn't really seem like yourself at um, at Prairie Hill, even though you're able to uh, be uh, on the, still on the podium, uh, battling through that a little bit mid-season uh, and the pressures of, of wanting to hold on to that championship and, and stay in the fight.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's uh, we definitely definitely went some, through some adversity this year. With being sick uh, for Drumheller and still a little bit sick for Pilot Mound, um, ended up hurting my tailbone at Pilot Mound. I landed on the seat wrong, and I ended up hitting the subframe. And then coming to Walton and Gopher Dunes, I was feeling – Walton was like – I still wasn't really myself. And then Gopher, I was feeling better, and then ended up going to Sandalie, and I ended up crashing on Saturday night. Um, on my bike, just doing some last minute stuff, just getting ready for the big day on Sunday and, uh, ended up doing something to my shoulder and then going out in, uh, the morning practice ended up qualifying 29th and honestly didn't think I was going to race. And then we just taped it up and just toughed it out and ended up going one, one on the day, a little bit of luck in the second moto, but it, uh, it all comes from being right there with those guys.
0: Hey, you got to be in it to win it, man. Uh, Yeah, take us through that one particular race, 29th in in times. Uh, But, yeah, got to give it the old college try, win the first moto. And then uh, as you're coming towards the, uh, like, you you would have won 1-2 on the day. But uh, coming up towards the final corner, you see Racine on the ground there. What are your thoughts as uh, you round that corner and uh, and take her home for a 1-1?
1: Honestly, let's let's back this up a little bit into this moto. Yeah, we, I I started, I I was the second last person going into the first turn.
0: You're known for your starts, yeah.
1: Yeah, it we like there's there's video we watched we watched the uh, replays and everything on on TV. I'm literally the second last person going into the first turn, and then probably I don't. I don't really know it's for time but we got up into second uh, Harrison crashed halfway through that moto but we got I got into second ended up getting pushed off the track by a lapper and ended up getting passed by Harrison then on the last lap Harrison went down like we we're all we we're all pretty close but Harrison ended up going down trying to pass for the lead and then I was probably 8 nine seconds behind racine going into our on the last lap and then coming over the hill after like well he crashed i'm coming up that hill right before the finish line and i'm the the announcer is just going crazy it's like all i can hear is and racine's gonna win his first moto and then just the crowd goes crazy and then i come over the hill and he's down i'm like oh my God, I'm going to win this. I'm going to go 1-1 on the day. It's like, this is crazy. How, what a hectic moto. Like, lappers were just everywhere. It was a crazy moto.
0: It certainly was, and, and yeah, you're able to seize the day and uh, capitalize on the situation. Uh, Racine was still on the podium at afterwards. Uh, what was that scene like? Uh, I, like, it's a pretty friendly atmosphere at the Canadian Nationals. Uh, were you consoling of him whatsoever, or just kind of give him? Uh, or do you like owe him a uh, do you him lunch?
1: No, mm, uh, no. I just like I went up to him. I'm like, hey man, I know that sucks, but
0: you're riding really
1: good. And uh, just you, you learn from your mistakes, kind of, right? And he was like, "Yeah, no, it it sucks, but it happened, right?"
0: Yeah, that's just evidence that uh, his first moto win is uh, is on the horizon. But not if you have something to say about it, Ryder. Four motos to go, a twenty point lead. A um, a Manitoban has not taken home any type of Canadian national championship since Kim Hood did it back in the seventies. Um, like what are you, what are you feeling right now rolling into the last four motos uh and, and uh the significance of uh of representing this province uh on on an amazing team like GDR Honda uh as well as the uh the Fox Racing Canada brand
1: yeah for sure i mean it feels good for sure um going into the last four motos i i don't know i try not try not stress about it too much try not to worry about it and uh honestly like this season like after after i had those couple bad rounds there i was i went from being 20 points down to being 20 points up so like anything can happen pretty much so yep i yeah just try not to worry about it and kind of take it how i did when i was 20 points down like honestly when i was 20 points down it's like well i have nothing to lose now so just kind of kind of just ride myself be myself and just ride a dirt bike right and uh not making any dumb mistakes not go down and uh just keep her on two wheels
0: certainly and, and you've been consistent down the stretch here uh, and, and that's something that's uh, just definitely gonna serve you well not only in this championship but uh, down the road as well uh comment on your 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 teammate uh dylan uh he's 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 yet to uh, have a moto taken from him yet uh four motos to go um is that pressure or is that momentum at this point for me. For what do you think uh, for him for him?
1: For him, for him. Um honestly honestly, I think it's momentum for him. It's just like he he doesn't stress about stuff like that. It's like he he knows what's going on. He's done it a couple times now and uh he I'm sure he's like just using it as momentum, right? Like he's got he's got he's got another level on those guys right now right like so he's just he's just out there he's putting in the work he's getting he's been getting good starts this year whereas last year he was uh he was up and down like he he didn't have a consistent year at all where this year he's been i i think a little bit more calm on the bike and a little bit more collected while he's out there, so he makes a little bit little bit smarter decisions while he's on the bike and he doesn't put him in those put himself in those bad positions where last year he ended up going down a couple times in a moto and just, he's been, he's been on it this year. He's, I mean, he's ripping right now. So I uh, definitely think he's going to complete the series without losing the
0: moto. There you go. Well, uh, you, you heard the prediction here. Uh, I'd imagine that the mood under the uh, the GDR haunted truck is uh, is pretty jovial. Uh, Derek Schuster probably smiling ear to ear as he applies those red number plates to not only Dylan's bike but yours as well. Going into this this weekend, what's the mood been like under the truck?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean it's it's good now. Like we're we're both on. We've both got a pretty decent points lead going into the last four motos. Like obviously mine isn't isn't the best like obviously I can still lose it and things can still happen but I mean if we if we keep her on two wheels and we keep riding the way I've been riding I think we can uh I think we can do it but the mood's definitely been pretty good the last weekend so
0: Fair enough. So, um, like, after, after a, a, a successful weekend, um, like you went 1-1 the, the previous weekend, you swap out motos to take the overall uh, this last weekend. How does uh, Ryder McNabb uh, celebrate, or is there any celebration uh, until uh, the final checkered flag uh, after round nine?
1: Um, honestly, like, I don't know. It's just, like, yeah, I'm happy in the moment. moment. And then uh, after the race is over, honestly just kind of go back to the rig sign sign some pictures and take some pictures with some people and then kind of kind of go back to the camper and reflect on the day and just like because you can always be better right so we're just kind of still working kind of trying to figure out what i could have done better on the day and then yeah i don't know go for dinner just hang out and then go back to work on tuesday
0: fair enough man. that's just a workman style uh, atmosphere over there I, I'd expect that from a guy like yourself uh, I'd also expect that uh, after like I've been renouncing your motos since you were on 50s back when you were on cobras back in the day uh, watching you race those then move up to uh, 65s 85 super minis and now on to the big bikes uh, something that's always been has been there is a the smile from ear to ear and a great relationship that you've uh, you've had with your dad uh, being at the the races. Uh, the two of you are uh, like he. He understands what what gets the best out of you on race day, and he's basically he's been there. i I'd imagine damn near every moto uh, that you've raced or a significant one over the last years. Uh, have you had any time to reflect on that and just the relationship and how important that is to have that uh, that person, and it, especially being your dad um, at, at like at this point in your career?
1: Honestly, yeah, like he he hasn't missed a moto yet. Like he, he's been there from the start and he will be there to the end. He, he's always going to be there. Like he's, he is my number one fan, I guess you would say. And he, he will always be there. Right? right. And yeah, he, he definitely knows how to act around me on race day and just, he knows how to, he knows how to be around me. And we, I mean, me and him are always really close and, Yeah, like, obviously, uh, we butt heads sometimes on a practice day or whatever, but we always figure it out, out, and we always keep going, and we're in it together.
0: Fair enough. Love it, man. Uh, Give me one story about when he got under your skin, though.
1: Oh, it's just, uh, I mean, it's just going out on a practice day, and then, like, I mean, me not, like, riding my best, and he's like, come on dude like you're three seconds slower than what you normally are and then like i get mad and then we, we start like lifting each other off and then i'll go out there and drop four seconds a lap just because i'm mad and then he's like well see like you just did that so why can't you do that at the start like what just like stuff like that right
0: perfect yeah no i hey, i've been working with my dad since i was uh 15 or 16 years old so uh we, him and i are best of friends but nobody gets under my skin like my old man um uh, final thought from you, like riding for this team, GDR Honda, uh, being uh, head to toe in uh, in Fox Racing apparel. Um like, is, is there a better way to win a championship for, uh, what I would consider the most preeminent and dedicated team to the sport, uh, in, in Canada, as well as, uh, a gear brand that, uh, let's be honest, uh, if you're growing up in the sport, you want to be wearing Fox, you want to be looking good and you have been doing so, uh, all year long. And, uh, and for, for three years now with, uh, the GDR Honda guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like I honestly, it's, definitely a really really good team to be on They're definitely got an awesome program going and it's uh definitely been working because you got you got colton that's won what six championships on that team and yes, now sir. you got dylan that's got um one, one and three 450 now and most likely going on to his fourth 450 championship yeah so it's it's definitely uh they've definitely got the right thing going for them and then obviously the fox gear and i mean it's it's always been my favorite gear like
0: you're the, a fox guy even as like 50 65s uh and and 80s as well let's not forget yeah, that
1: exactly. i i wore i wore fxr on cowies for a little bit but then i switched over to fox and ever since then i've been with fox and honestly it's just i i love the gear i just i think it the best gear for sure it's the most comfortable to wear it's, it's honestly i think it's the coolest looking like we ha- definitely have had some really sweet sets this year so yeah just i mean hopefully have it on the top box would be sick
0: absolutely man well it's gonna look really good with uh with a single digit on the back of it uh in a few weeks time uh Ryder mcnab here on the big mx radio podcast Ryder, we always appreciate you taking the time to uh, give a great interview you are a great interview uh, uh final note um some people you want to thank before i let you go here on the podcast
1: uh honestly just everyone under the rig they're doing a doing an amazing job this year keeping the bikes going just helping me out a bunch uh, GDR Honda Fox Canada, Al's Excavating, Peter's Paving, uh, Oakley, Atlas, uh, just everyone else. Thank you so much.
0: Perfect, right on, man. Well, uh, appreciate the time. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're gonna cut it off right there. And there you have it, Ryder McNab, here on the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Fox Racing Canada, Phoenix Handlebars, and Guts Racing. Special thanks again to. Andy Greg for uh, jumping on board to support the podcast uh, with not only some great prizes that you can win through uh, Big MX Radio trivia on my Instagram story, or as well as uh, through some of the the contests we run on Twitter. Uh, but also, he, he uh, they they are a our paying sponsor. They help out financially, helping us getting out to the the track, getting out to some of the races, and uh, can't say enough good things about. Andy Gregg. Andy Gregg's a great guy and uh, he makes great product. Uh, you guys should definitely go check that out. Uh, you probably have a Guts Racing seat cover on your bike already. It probably needs to get replaced, let's be honest. So uh, dial those guys up and get yourself fitted. Let's switch things over to the AMA series. Appreciate everyone who's uh, continued listening through the podcast and wanting to listen to the AMA breakdown as well. Um, And instead of going 450-250, let's start off with the 250 class and finish things off with the Premier Boys. Um, 250 class in the AMA. Um, First of all, actually, before I go get uh, into the AMA series, uh, or the series, I guess, series? Either way. Uh, I had no issues whatsoever streaming the Flow Racing uh, channel on my laptop. Like, I, I, I can either watch it live or I can watch it in an archive. I prefer to watch it in an archive version because I would much rather be riding my motorcycle on a Saturday afternoon than watching motorcycles race on a Saturday afternoon. But hey, that's just me. Uh, either way, let's flip things over to the 250s. Uh, Jet Lawrence has won seven of eight nationals this year. He goes 2-2, uh, gets the overall. He's got a 28-point lead on the series. And honestly, it's been his summer. Like uh, He's had some competition from Joe Shimoda, as well as his brother uh, has, has now has th- uh, three moto wins. But he's got no overalls. In fact, Hunter Lawrence is uh, probably def- he's he's the closest on speed and points, but he doesn't have an overall finish uh, win to his his credit. There are four nationals left to go, uh, but uh, 28 points is it's not insurmountable. But Jet's not giving it up anywhere. Um, so, uh, and I think he's got some some tracks that he excels at going down the stretch, especially Fox Raceway, which is a track that Jet uh, has won almost every time he goes there. Um, so honestly, I, I think that, uh, Hunter's got his work cut out for him. Uh, oddly enough, and he's got a, mo- he's got the only other na- overall win for the year where he was at Redbud, um, is Joe Shimoda. He's actually been least consistent of the top guys as far as qualifying start position and, um, and just overall and, and finish like he's, 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 Kind of all over the map when it comes to qualifying. He's often outside the top five. Same thing with his starts. Not always great uh, with the starts. He's often coming up from the back in order to get inside that top three. And uh, if not for a couple of really bad motos, he'd probably be a little bit closer in points with Justin Cooper, who is, honestly, he's very visibly frustrated with this season. You can tell that the foot is not improving at the rate that, that uh, they were expecting it to. Uh, you've got to imagine he's probably feeling a little bit upset with the fact that he hasn't really been considered for this year's MXDN team. Um, super side note, rolling things back uh to the to the Canadian side, I definitely think that your um Canadian, if they end up sending a uh, MXDN team, which I don't even know if they are, but if they are, it's Dylan Wright, it's Medaglia, and it's Ryder McNabb, and I think they do really well because that was that's a that's a really talented and very well supported group, if they were able to go. Um, but uh, yeah, Justin Cooper, uh, basically, I, in my opinion, that was the the best, even though he he's done better moto wise or overall wise uh, this year. I think that was his best race of the year. Um, he looked good. He looked fast. Uh, he's got some time off now to do some more healing. And honestly, I think that Justin Cooper is going to improve through right through the end of this series. And um, and I could you could I could see him getting a national win, maybe at a place like Unadilla before the place is out. Obviously, he's from the state of New York. He grew up there. I don't think he has a ton of laps at Unadilla, um, but likely grew up on similar uh, style tracks, similar. Uh, terrain and soil, and uh, just when you're back home, you're surrounded by people, aside from uh, people you know, aside from uh, needing to get a couple extra passes for the for the race, which usually other people handle for them anyway, um, I think you get that hometown feel, and I think that's a little bit of an uptick. Last note on the 250s, uh, I want to give a shout out to Joshua Varese, who goes 10-10 for his best finish overall, which is the 10th place outdoors. Great on him. Uh, I first had Josh on the podcast back when he was 14 years old, racing super minis, and uh, when he, he was competing in the uh monster cup in the 85 or the super mini class uh and he's just kid is absolutely awesome uh his parents have been super helpful when i've gone to southern california helped me rebuild my bike one time when it was completely smashed to bits my kawasaki 2005 edition and uh yeah like whether it's uh, whether it's Paul or Jam and Josh Varese uh, or his mom as well, uh, they're awesome people. And uh, yeah, like just uh, if you see if you see Josh in the pits, uh, give him some love and and make sure you uh, if if he's if he's riding by, you hear uh, some cheers from the stands because that guy that kid is just good people. Flip things over to the 450 class, and honestly, what a treat that we're being able to enjoy this this summer. Eli Tomac. Chase Sexton, another table set for two, um, similar to uh, how things are in the 250 class for the Canadian series, uh, but it's it's even closer. It's five points with eight motos to go, which means this championship is wide open. Chase Sexton finally stops the bleeding. He finally stops that moto streak that Eli Tomac had. He, he, was, he was nine motos in a row. Um... And it's just ever impressive. I absolutely can't believe how how impressive Eli Tomac has been this year. Brand new bike uh, for him. Uh, him and Gilly are uh, have been obviously getting that thing absolutely dialed in he looks fast he looks aggressive chase is flowing uh and he hasn't been making the mistakes obviously they both kind of get together in that first moto they're on top of each other dead silence for about 10 seconds even though they had uh, about a 15 second gap on everybody else um they, they haven't had those issues whatsoever. And, and honestly, Eli Tomac, his starts have showed up in a way that they haven't probably ever in his uh, outdoor career. Um, so that's why, like, literally seems like every single moto after the first lap, it's just those two guys going at it and uh, and dropping everybody like you can say that at, at Jason Anders is having a solid season, maybe his best season outdoors on record. He's got that one win overall after all, and um, and good on him. But he's get like they're they're not within swinging distance of this battle at the front. And we the fans um, that are watching this have are just absolutely treated to this amazing racing. It's usually not this close in the 450 class, so you love to see it. Ken Rockson. Obviously, he's maybe the only person little li- more frustrated with themselves and their situation than Justin Cooper is Ken Roxon who just body can't just just can't get right he's he's sick he's he's got a he's got a fever um, he's constantly battling something with his immune system and that bums me out because Ken Roxon at full health would be able to challenge for wins and this championship and his body's keeping him from it and uh, that really bums me out to see. Uh, fourth on the day, but it was a quiet fourth. Um, And you've got Christian Craig rounding out the top five. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, July 27th, when I'm releasing this podcast, um, then this day sort of works out. So I've wanted to try this new sort of segment this on this day in moto july 27th when do we land on a july 27th well, that goes back to 2003 where we'll of course in similar uh, style of format as far as the Schedule went, we were in Washougal, Washington of all places. Same location of our last American National. And that's where they we were in 2003. So uh, 19 years ago, James Stewart aboard a factory... Kawasaki 125 SR. He had rejoined the series only a couple of uh, weeks prior. He goes 1-1 on the day and absolutely spanks everyone. I don't think anyone was all that close. Ryan Hughes takes home your second place spot uh, as he uh, made his bid for the uh, this championship. And honestly, this the reason why Ryan ends up fourth in the second moto is because he basically, uh, af- like from the first moto. Uh, It was James out front with Mike Brown in second place. Second moto hits, and Ryan Hughes on Horsepower Hill, they're scrubbing over this one jump. Basically, um, Mike Brown goes down on the backside of uh, one of these blind jumps. Ryan Hughes comes over that jump and just center punches Mike right in the chest, unable to finish the race, Mike Brown credited with 29th on that particular moto, so it must have been probably late in the moto when he uh, he ended up going down. Um, likely, uh, he had probably a few guys not able to uh, complete that moto. He was he ended up, he DNF'd, he didn't finish that, and he, al- he also didn't race the next weekend in Millville. Um, Michael Byrne on a, from Australia on a factory connection, if I'm not mistaken, Honda number, I think he was number 32 that year. Um I don't remember him getting uh, a podium that season actually that's pretty amazing. Uh, la- uh second last year I believe 2003 or two I think he was your 2003 uh East Coast 125 no West Coast 125 champ uh on in 2003 Brandon Jessiman uh fourth place and then uh, aboard his KTM your eventual 2003 champion from Durand uh a- from Durban, South South Africa, Grant Langston with a 4-5 on the day. Uh, great opportunity for Grant to make up some points that day, but 4-5, uh, 5th fifth fifth overall, not bad. Uh, and then uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico's Ivan Tedesco. Yeah, 6th f- on the day. He goes 9-6 for 6th overall. Uh, gets a little bit lucky as far as uh, uh, a couple of guys in front of him. Uh, in that first moto, having some bad motos or bad scores. Uh, usually 9-6 isn't good for sixth overall, but he gets it. Um, that's, of course, uh, with uh, uh, Brown going down. And who else had a good moto in the first moto? Ah, Brock Sellards. Sellards also goes, uh, must have DNF'd. He, he, was, he goes 5-32 on the day for 12th. Uh, moto scores all over the place, honestly. Um, yeah, other things that sort of stick out to me. Josh Woods goes 8.33 on the day. Uh, so a lot of good first motos and uh, not so great second motos. Uh, Bobby Canary is out there. Former uh, uh, racer in Canada. Um, in fact, he might even know. I think he has a Canadian National Championship, Bobby Canary. Uh, back in 2010, perhaps? 2011? Uh, aboard a Suzuki. I think that was his rookie year. Um Probably just riding for like uh, a dealership in, in, uh, in, in, uh, out in New York. Uh, and let's flip things over to the 250 class where I think you guys probably know what happened. But you may be surprised. 2003, um, Ricky Carmichael wins most of the Nationals, but he lost two Nationals in a row. In fact, the only two Nationals that he lost in a three-year span uh, was High Point, uh, was it High Point? No, Unadilla. The week prior to this uh, Washougal, Washington race, uh, Kevin Windham goes one-one, and then once again, Kevin Windham goes one-one on the day ahead of Ricky Carmichael's two-two. Um, Mike LaRocco rounded out the uh, the championship, and yeah, but this is a very this is a, a very special two nationals. This and the Unadilla race prior to this is uh, the only two nationals from 2000 and from the beginning of 2002 to the end of 2004 that Ricky Carmichael didn't win. He won every single other overall of course his 2002 and 2004 campaigns were perfect seasons one on a 250 two stroke, one on a 454 stroke and that would be his uh, that would literally be the entirety of his career on a Honda uh, outdoors. So, because uh, you've obviously raced uh, a Kawasaki, two thousand and one uh, switches to Honda in two thousand and two, has a perfect season, loses two nationals in two thousand and three, and then goes perfect in oh four. He's on Suzuki by two thousand and five. So, uh, in all reality, out of the thirty six, actually thirty five nationals, because there was only th- uh, there was only eleven uh, nationals in two thousand and three, out of the thirty five races that uh, Ricky Carmichael raced on a Honda on outdoors he won all but two of them. Uh so 33 out of 35. I think that's a pretty good average um and uh, no one else could really touch him. Um whether you were Chad Reed who I believe this year was still on a 252 stroke outdoors, uh local boy uh Larry Ward on uh, uh at this point 2003 if I'm not mistaken on a, tr- a Moto Triple X Honda uh, Kyle Lewis, you can guarantee he got some good starts uh, this particular day, but it was only good enough for sixth overall. Um, 2003, who else? Paul Carpenter uh, goes 732. That's not great, but he's still able to beat uh, uh, um, Keith Johnson. Not the Keith Johnson from New York, but the Keith Johnson from uh, from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, and then Jason Thomas, where's JT? uh he was 20th overall goes 39 17 so he actually had a terrible first moto and then bounced back good for JT Dennis Stapleton good friend of mine made the motos uh out of out of California he goes he he didn't have the best of moto scores 29 uh, 25 on the day but uh, motocross action's own Dennis Stapleton and uh, Steve Lampson out there on a oh that would have been an ECC Suzuki uh goes 26 14 all over the map not not a great day for uh, for Red Dog uh, Tim Ferry 11 13 on the day uh, in 03 that's an uncharacteristic day he must have had a really bad uh, just both, both motos must have been a, a a like a melee for him because i think he ends up second or third he ends up third in this championship um so yeah just a very uncharacteristic uh, uh, afternoon uh for the o3 season for Tim ferry and uh, yeah, so that's what happened on this day in, in motocross 2003. Kevin Windham goes 1-1 and, uh, and James Stewart goes 1-1 at the Washougal National 250 class and the 125 class. That's what they were called then. They're the, uh, the 450 class and the 250 class now. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. I hope you guys enjoying, uh, this, uh, this day in motocross segment, uh, we'll try and dial this in a little bit more, uh, tidy as we go along, but, uh, just some added, um, sort of moto knowledge and sort of spec, like kind of, uh, I love just sort of going through old results and just sort of remembering how things went, uh, just sometimes seeing the results jogs my memory on certain things. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that and, uh, and you continue to listen to the podcast, uh, hit me up on, uh, on Instagram if you enjoy the show uh, love hitting uh, hearing back from via dm from uh, the loyal listeners of the big mx radio podcast uh you guys have a great rest of your day and thanks for listening